It is the Pacific Rim Pro Wrestling Podcast, the podcast that takes you from Seattle to Tokyo at all points throughout history. It's been a little while. Uh, this is a very busy time for Fumi. I don't know if you know this or not, but Fumi is a uh, college professor, and uh, you teach some courses, and you had to go through like hundreds of papers recently. So we've had a hard time connecting because you've had your face in your uh, your other job. <laughs> All right, hello from Tokyo. That too, but you've been you've been busy grading papers, right? Yeah, um, I had one class. I had four hundred people, and during the term, spring term, I made them write four essays. But I didn't realize four essays for four hundred people—that's sixteen hundred papers. That's a torture to sit through and read, you know. And also, some of the fre- freshman students this year—they were born in year two thousand. Oh my gosh! Yeah, the attitude <laughs> era is like the pioneer era to them. Uh, I guess, you know, and it's like I have no idea what they've seen in uh, in uh, 18 years of their lives, <laughs> you know, but I uh, hope they'll become wrestling fans someday. So this is going to be a cool episode because we're going to yeah, talk about was uh, the last night. At the Budokan the, last night, the, yes, sir. You, so this is the only podcast. You're going to hear reviews of the G1, the final night, but this is the only one that I'm aware of where somebody was there at Budokan, which is where Fumi was. Now, I, I need to tell you yeah. before we go forward, I just got back into town. My, this weekend was my, my class reunion, so I haven't seen any of this Wonderful. yet. Yes, it was fun, but I apologize for that. Normally, I would, I would be up to speed, but Fumi was there in person. Person. so we'll uh, yeah. we'll find out everything so let's before we get into the get into the matches you've yeah. been to, to Budokan many many times oh, oh since I was a kid yeah and you've seen you've seen all the all the legends from all Japan and and other places oh uh, yeah not yeah yeah like uh, Misawa against Kobashi Kobashi against Kawada Kawada against Misawa you know vice versa Terry Gori Stan Hansen uh, all kinds. Even know? though it's Plus, like a, it's a totally a different generation, it still feels, yeah. for me personally, it feels weird that New Japan is running Budokan. It still feels like all Japan country, even though it's a completely right, different right. era. And but that's they not did true. have they did have regular Budokan show during the seventies when I was like say um, uh, I was tenth grade probably. Uh, Inoki against Bob Black Backland and Super Stabilogram against. Sakaguchi double feature that was at Budokan and also Inoki against Umanosuke Ueda the nail you know match you know Bob Dwyer match um that was at the Budokan and also the only once in the lifetime 1979 August all-star card all the company combined Jan Baba and Antonio Inoki made tag team for the first time in some eight nine years. Went against Abdul the Butcher and Tiger Jit Singh. Crossover promotion, double heel. That was that was at the Budokan. And uh, during eighties and nineties, Sumo Palace became home of New Japan, and Budokan became all Japan's home. So that's how people, a lot of people, remember. You've been to many shows. How did the the vibe, the energy, the crowd? How did this feel uh, versus uh, other New Japan shows or other things at Budokan? Budokan show, yeah. Last, uh, I mean, last three nights. Uh, this G1 climax always have special, special feeling. It's once a year, and also this is what you watch during summer holiday, and it's a it's like once in you know, once a year. 
uh, round robin tournament. Everybody, you know, take single match against one another, and one, you know, uh, the, the bracket A and the bracket B, and you, you have ten guys, you know, each block, and you have, you, if you count, there was ninety official tournament matches this year. Ninety, ten participate in, in block A. Another ten wrestlers from Block B, and they all wrestle against one another, right? So I counted. It was 90 matches, and 91 was the final last night. Uh, the, the Hiroshi Tanahashi against Kota Ibushi, great match. We'll get to that, right? We will. But how was the uh, how was the crowd? Did were they were they into it? You've been to you were at a couple of shows they yeah. did. This past year at, uh, as you mentioned, at Sumo Palace. Yeah, Sumo Palace actually holds like 10,000 people. And Budokan holds up to 16,000, okay? But they, with, the way they, you know, set the thing, uh, the building with entrance, and, you know, um, you know, the entrance and the gateway and uh, how they blocked the, some of the uh, seating and the way they set up the seating that, that they had... 13,000 people max, but uh, it, it looks it looks good. And I think the Budokan is a little bit more round, you know? Okay, uh, to do some some homework on Budokan. If you remember Deep Purple Live in Budokan, or Cheap Trick Live in Budokan, or Black Sabbath had that. Uh, um, this is, some, some of these international rock artists recorded their live album at the Budokan. They named the album Budokan, if if you guys are a rock and roll fan. Yeah, the Cheap Trick album especially was really famous. Yeah, Cheap Trick, yeah, live in Budokan. So that's what made, you know, the Budokan famous in America. And then also there was a Sony boombox during, like, uh, during 80s. You know, if you remember boombox, you know, stereo, you know. You know, boombox thing. Yeah, the big it's portable cassette decks with the huge speakers. cassette deck. It's called Budokan. You know. Yeah. So how was the how was the crowd though? Did, does it still feel like a really hot product? Oh, real hot product. Plus, very new fans. I think you know it's very similar to WWE Universe. So we, we should start calling it New Japan World. You know, just much like their program and, uh, you know, the streaming service. But, uh, you know, WWE Universe, only what, most most of it, you know, a lot of people, you know, the, the hardcores always follow independence and ROH and other things, you know, Lucha Underground and all that. But uh, I think most of New Japan fans only watch New Japan, New Japan World, very similar to WWE Universe. And uh, there are enough guys, you know, I counted last night, there were 44 wrestlers working, you know, in one show. Nine matches, and uh, there was one single match in, on second match, but they're all tagged, uh, six-man six tag team, six-man tag team, eight-man tag team, six-man tag team, eight-man tag team, and tag team, tag team. Then uh, Tanahashi, uh, Ibushi final single match at the end, you know, but uh, most of it six man tag team, eight man tag team, six man tag team, eight man tag team, and those six man tag team and eight man tag team, their match only lasts six to seven minutes. Very simple finish. So I realized this is what they gave to your um, 
relatively uh, what do you call it? No, oh, like a beginner fans, rookie fans, you know, one simple finish, you know, and uh, not much false finish to it. And uh, this is how they educate the audience, each guy's high spot, each guy's signature moves, each guy's finish. You know what I'm saying? Nothing complicated. Very, very simple. But it's good because main event, single match main event, Tanahashi Ibushi match, they had very long, you know, kick out at the counter to 2.999 thing. And uh, it was, oh, I would say it was one of the best matches I've seen live. That covers a lot of ground, I think, as I've been watching wrestling about some 50 some years. It was one of the best matches I've, I've watched, witnessed live. What did you like about it? Storytelling wise, and also wrestling is not your gymnastic contest. You know, um, obviously, Ibushi is better um, gymnast. He can do a lot more fancy, spectacular, double flipping, moonsault, kebrada, all that, you know, fancy, real, out of out of the world athlete moves where Tanahashi himself admits that he could do. But it's not about your trampling, tumbling, uh, well choreographed gymnastic move. Tanahashi made sure that, that he didn't do any of that. That uh, it was about a person, a passion, that the desire, emotion, and uh, make people feel involved. You know what I'm saying? See, Tanahashi doesn't do that much of a fancy moves. You know, uh, while Ibushi is doing 10, 10 big moves that the Tanahashi takes it, but he gets up and give him a big, big slap as one comeback, it means more or something. You know what I'm saying? Make people feel more involved, you know, that it's really hard to explain, you know. Um, Tanahashi himself knows that, that that he's not at his prime as an athlete. He's a 41-year-old veteran. He has bad knees, a bad hip, all these kind of things. But it, it still overcome all those things by being himself and kind of present what wrestling should be. And the beautiful finish last night was that the three high fly floor. You know, when you say that three, it's like, ah, but the... He did it so well. The first splash, you know, uh, high fly flow was on Ibushi's back, you know, right. Then they turn after you give him high fly flow to his back, turn him flat on his back, right. He goes outside and get on the top rope again, but Ibushi gets up slowly, gets up or stagger, so. While he's st- Tanahashi standing on the top rope, he switched that into high fly flow, uh, crossbody, right? Second, boom. He doesn't even go cover. Then he gets up and makes sure pe- people know what he's doing. He goes up to the uh, top rope again, and he gives third high fly flow splash. It's got to be everybody knew. It's a very, very convincing uh, move a very very convincing finish. It looks like the end of the movie. You know what I'm saying? 
So Tanahashi, as you mentioned, is yeah. 41 years old. This is what, his third? 41, yeah. It's, it's third G1 win, isn't it? I think it's third. Yeah, third G1 he won, yeah. What, but uh, some five, six years apart, though. Yeah, what do you what is what is what do you think's different about him winning the G one this year? Why why Tanahashi? Um I would say he's the only one who should win. Yeah. Why why not well I mean obviously I mean in real life he? Cody Obut well why not uh, why not Okada? Okada, okay, okay. Yeah, for me, Okada is lack, definitely lacking something, and I uh, that uh, I came more sure about it last night that uh, Tanahashi has what Okada doesn't have. Okada's younger, taller, better athletes, but uh, well, what Chris Jericho might say, you know, you can't teach experience, you know, and also I just remembered. Nick Bachwinkle's real old quote is it's actually a famous quote so everybody a lot of people all the time all time knows if you could dance on the waltz I'll I'll dance waltz with you if you can only swing I'll swing with you if you can if you could only dance jilba I'll dance jilba with you that kind of thing is multi-dimensional it's that you know, it's not like your, you know, Nintendo video game. It's a person doing it, and uh, you have to make people feel involved. You know, because get up, Tanahashi. It's just it's like it looks so real. You know what I'm saying? You gotta suspend all your disbelief while you're out there in in, in, the, in the building and you sit in the seat watching and paying hundred you know percent attention to the match, and uh, you just feel that you became part of the show, you know. Um, if that makes any sense. You no, know? there's there's definitely or, a certain charisma. Um, I don't know. We, we, can, yeah, we can talk about. Also, we'll, we'll talk about Okada and what's kind of going on with with Okada and Ghetto here in a little bit. We can talk about that if you want, but I still wanted to focus on. Yeah, on but that's ta- just an angle. Hashi, but but no. Yeah, but the, the Okada Ghetto thing is just an angle. Right, so, but I thought it, I thought you yeah. might want to talk about just generally the angle. Yeah, a little bit later on. Yeah, we can talk a little about bit that later on. But uh, um, see, Kenny Omega, uh, Kazuchika Okada, Naito. And this time, Kota Ibushi, yes, of course, all four of these guys are better athletes and younger athletes and do, you can, can do a lot more than, than the Tanahashi could ever do in the ring at this point. And they, especially Tanahashi, I mean, Ibushi and Kenny and uh, Okada, they work alike. You know what I'm saying? They do a lot of high-risk or risky moves, or they, you know, or the young enough who can observe more punishment, you know, physically, and you can do long matches and do the dangerous-looking moves, and you can just kick out a counter too, and you keep doing that. But uh, it's okay for newer fans like you are watching like uh, real-life Nintendo games, you know. But to me, after a while. It kind of gets repetitious and gets old and doesn't excite me as much. It's like how far you can go doing a you know spectacular looking, you know, athletic, 
um, gymnastic moves. But it's not about that. It's about person trying to like win or trying to share something with crowd or doing things that mean something and uh, and at the end is you get up you know you get up from your seat and you just have to clap oh i just watched you know witness some good i mean like a, a real good wrestling match tonight and i was glad that i was there in person that kind of thing and we'll share that from years, probably decades from now. Remember that G1 from 2018? Yeah, I was there, I was there. Wasn't Tanahashi match good? Oh, that was good. That was one of the best match I've ever watched. So it's the kind of match you can talk about years and decades from now. And wrestling fans do that, remember? You have, Jim, you have like a one or two matches that you, you remember watching when you were, say, 18, when you were 23, when you were 30 years old, whatever. That the, oh, that match was very special, I remember. You know, you have a five or six matches you can talk about, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. That Tanahashi-Ibushi match from last night was one of those night, one of those matches, I believe. You know, his career isn't over, but he has been around a long time. He is the ace. He's the Tanahashi? Guy. Yeah. He, yeah, he yeah. he's the guy who brought New Japan back to life. There's no Oh yeah. There's no Okada. There's no Kenny Omega. There's no Bullet Club. There's no nothing without Tanahashi. Um is there I'm And Nakamura actually. Yeah, and not, yeah, you're right. And Nakamura too, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um but he left. Right, but he left, so we're talking about Tana. Um, is there sort of even though his career isn't over, is there sort of a nostalgia for Tanahashi? No, there's no nostalgia. He is at his peak still. Okay. This is his like yeah, probably this is going to be his last run. But on uh, you know how many times Bret Hart got the belt? You know, Shawn Michaels got the belt back, or Stone Cold got the belt back. Uh, Ric Flair got the belt back 16 times. You know what I'm saying? So uh, this is one of these times. I believe he'll go all the way back to IWGP Championship. Do you think he wins it at uh, Tokyo Dome? I'm hoping this, to make this uh, really monumental. That uh, the only thing that makes sense right now for me is oh, that. Tanahashi going all the way back to champion. This is about the only, you know, the, the drama storyline um, that would make sense. Because would uh, would you go back, you know, to another Kenny Omega match again? I mean, Kenny Kenny against uh, Okada, Kenny Okada match. See, Naito is not quite there yet. See. Naito is another person who is more like NWO or, you know, that uh, D-Generation X or some cool heelish, but uh, people like him like as a baby face and at his peak, of course. But for, for me, his single match is lacking something, like to move people inside, you know. Great match, though. Always great match. Better athlete than most. And uh, he does what he does very well. And he's ahead of the faction. He, cool guys, like today's version of NWO, or, you know, I'm talking about the Los Ingobernadores, you know, De Japan. But uh, at the end of the day, 
I think people would support single com- competitor like Tanahashi. He doesn't belong to any faction. Um, he's not a. He's more of an individual loner, and uh, the people followed his career for a long time. That uh, he grew old in front of people. You know what I'm saying? And I think Ric Flair was more popular after he was 40 years old. You know, does it make sense? No, I think I think that's a that's a really valid comparison. Yeah, yeah. So, so you don't have to be the young best athlete. It's like Terry Funk was more popular when he was fifty. No, you're right. And a lot of times with with wrestlers, they don't hit their stride till after thirty to near forty. So no, you're exactly right. Right, right. This is wrestling. Kevin, Kevin Nash, that is why Hulk this, Hogan. Yeah. Kevin Nash wasn't all that good, but uh, yes, Hulk Hogan. Actually, see, Hulk Hogan is like ridiculously underrated. When he wants to work, he is really good at what he does. Right. You know? Yeah. So uh, it's not about athletic. Of course, it's athletic, but uh, it's sometimes you become more mature in ring and people notice this. It's like, wow, so seasoned, so mature that like people can believe in this guy you know and then go behind like a, like a really behind him it's like i like this guy he, i want him to win kind of feeling feelings real you know that uh <laughs> like people say wrestling is fake and then all these things so but the feeling was never fake you know what i'm saying when you go watch movies or a good go to a good concert that you know you're in tears right no, you're you're exactly right. Yeah, so Tanahashi got to the point where he really moves people. Uh, there was a feeling like it's like make people feel so involved, and I felt that this guy got to that level there. You know. Yeah, no, I think if they do, if Okada and Omega, or Okada, sorry, it's just a habit. If yeah, Tanahashi right. and Omega go to Tokyo yeah. Dome. Uh, yeah. You know, I think I think Omega's really good at eliciting emotion as well. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. But he is at his peak, and he can do more. And th- th- maybe he will have diversity, and uh, more, you know, um, aspect in his repertoire, and uh, not just wrestling moves, but make sure that people feels it. You know, people have. Uh, more ah, god it's so hard to explain because wrestling is best when you actually go to the building the monitor is fine tv is fine dvd is fine live streaming new japan world fine because you have to watch it from that but uh, um still live you know you know be in the building is the best experience you know you know, it's a challenge because I think that WWE has conditioned a lot of people that if it doesn't happen on television, it didn't matter. So you know... It didn't that, happen. Right, that's right. fine. Yeah, yeah, right. He, you know that if you're just going to a house show that you're just going to see a house nothing's show Nothing's going to happen. But, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like we had here in, here in the Seattle area, they had uh, Progress here last night. And they also have a, a local company that brings in a lot of guys from around the world, uh, Defy. And they're, you know, mm. a very modern style promotion with very athletic matches. And and it's become uh, very, very, uh, very popular. And, you know, I, I could see going to, it sounds like last night was just, a, the last two nights they did shows and it sounds like they were amazing. And I think that kind of validates your statement uh, that, yeah, being in the building is the best way to watch. 
this is wrestling yeah but uh but not to take away from the other people's experience because people everybody should watch this tanahashi ibushi match and do not stop your computer you have to sit through all 35 minutes and 15 seconds of it do not pause it you know what i'm saying because you don't pause your movie sometimes you you know get up and go to the bathroom or something you know but uh, while you're watching dvd but uh, you it's different experience when you go to movie theater and you have to sit through the whole two two hours of it right right yeah and uh having the dvd at a home and you kind of stop it you know in the middle of it and this is kind of ruins it you know so i strongly recommend that you know people or listeners out there watch this tanahashi ibushi movie and and do not stop this all 35 minute and 15 seconds of it or if that um you have to watch all the entrance and at the, all the speech after the match too there was a oh, dramatic, real dramatic um, entrance, and that the, after, after Tanahashi walked in the ring, um, who gets up on the apron, Katsuyori Shibata. You know, people love him, watch, love watching him, right? Because oh, he's here. Oh, look, Shibata's seconding Tanahashi, right, in the corner. It's like oh wow, Shibata's here in the building. In the opposite corner, Kenny Omega gets on the apron and talking to. Ibushi encouraging him, you know, this is your night, this is your night, you know, patting his back and speaking Japanese probably. I was far away, I couldn't hear, but uh, he must be speaking Japanese. And uh, Kenny Omega is such a baby face at that, you know, and uh, in the two opposite corner, Tanahashi standing and Shibata standing right behind him. And opposite corner, Ibushi standing and Kenny Omega standing right, up, right behind him. It's like a perfect setup for this perfect main event. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It was and, almost uh, like it's it's not an exact comparison because obviously Shibata is doing doing well at least it seems, but mm -hmm. um, it was all it kind of reminded me of when Magnum TA came down at the Crockett Cup. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. You yeah. Know, you have yeah. this guy that was injured in the ring and he's very inspirational and he's he's there to help his his friend win. Mm-hmm. And if you know more about the history of New Japan and the history of Tanahashi and Shibata and, uh, you know, year 2000 era generation that's like, wow, Shibata's here. This must be the very, very important match. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the setup was perfect, you know. And also, it wasn't even title match. It was a tournament final. So different meaning to it, you know. Probably goes beyond, you know, that uh, the title match. IWGP Championship, very important, very important. But G1 final once a year in the middle of the summer every year is very important, you know? And uh, so they do it real well. Title match, IWGP, great. But the G1 climax had different meaning, you know? Who wins this tournament is the best guy in New Japan or best in the world or something, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I got excited. Yeah. No, it 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 looked amazing from what I've seen. I'm excited to. I'm probably gonna get done with you and then uh, load this and then go watch. It, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have you cannot stop it though. Okay, you have okay, to watch. Okay. You have to sit it. through thirty five minutes. Okay, I fifteen can, seconds. I'm not but that, nonstop. I can do that. Nonstop. I can do that for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because when you want to watch good match, you don't want to stop it. You know. Right. You know. Well, probably the second time around, you know, I'll probably watch it on tape too. Then uh, I'll stop and you know rewind it and watch certain high spot. 
how they did it and all that. But uh, first experience, you have to sit through the entire match. So you think Tana is the guy right now? Uh, yeah, very mature uh, superstar. You know, above Okada, Kenny, Naito, and Ibushi, all of them. So one of the things that I love about New Japan booking, it's like in WWF for the most part, when e. someone, when, so, yeah, you're right. Sorry, what if I anyway? Yeah. Uh, WWE, it's like when someone starts losing, they're pretty much guaranteed to never come back up. They're pretty much at a level and sinking. It's almost like quicksand. They they just start going down, and that's pretty much. But this year, they might be able to do this formula with Randy Orton. Yeah, but Randy Orton never exactly sank. They've always kind of protected Randy Orton. Right, right. But the but interview yeah, you might, he did. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. Yeah, that the interview he's been giving, it means that, you know, the, the, towards the, you know, pulling the audience to the certain direction. All, of all 15, 13, 14 years he's been around, I was there, I was there, and winning Survivor Series, winning Royal Rumble, winning championship for 13 times, and did this and did that. Not because I flew off the top, you know, top of the cage or put a paint on the face like Jeff Hardy, and they don't respect me. I don't respect you. And it's just, he's going to the certain direction. Right, that's right. He's always been around. And Randy Orton was the guy who was always giving that best match on the card. And uh, we've probably taken him for granted. And uh, he, we forgot he was the most talented person and all these things. And there's a reality to this storyline. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if the the modern fans will will be will make the will be emoted the way that Randy wants them to. I was talking about. Yeah. I was thinking about uh, Okada, and it's yeah. just kind of fascinating the story that they're telling with with Okada right now. Because you know, maybe I mean, I thought maybe he would come back at this year's this year's Tokyo mm. Dome, but obviously it's going to be a, a few years, and that's probably smart. I mean, it's it's probably smart with Tanahashi to kind of lower him down a little bit. Uh, you know, he's mm. still there. He's still protected. He's still involved, but he's, you know, he's he's knowing his role. And then you kind of bring him back, and he's almost fresh again because he hasn't been in the, the main event spotlight this whole time, so it's fresh to have him back at Tokyo Dome. And this is probably a wise thing to do with Okada because he's so young to not burn him out in the spotlight and kind of... And if him... you need a slightly different storyline to add to it, yes, he's breaking, you know, he break off from the management of Gedo. They did the angle last night that he's walking away from Gedo and that it's like a subtle babyface turn starting. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's fascinating what, what's, what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, and also people have been wanting to cheer Kenny Omega too, because he, technically, he, he's in heel side, you know, as a faction, but on uh, in the ring, what he does, and how people watch Kenny Omega's match, people have been wanting to cheer him like a baby face and uh, he has this natural baby face you know baby face nests is that a word (laughs) it is now yeah um you know something baby face about him right the likable about him you know that uh, and he gives perfect mic in japanese 
See, none of these, see, like, see, Stan Hansen or people like Abdul the Butcher or Tiger Jeet Singh or even Brody or other, you know, like long-time Japanese regular, they've all been there longer than Kenny Omega, but none of them really spoke Japanese, right? But uh, Kenny can give real emotional mic in Japanese, and his Japanese is so fluent, amazing. Well, Candy, you you mentioned wanting to be babyface, but won't he have to be a heel against Tanahashi? Mm, it could be babyface against baby. You think they'll do they'll do a babyface match? You know, like a top of the mountain. Yeah. Okay. That would make that would elevate Omega even higher. Probably. It's pretty. Smart but but uh, yeah. Um, they they did the perfect announcement. That, uh, they did not have intermission or anything, but uh, between certain matches, there's an announcement. And watch the monitor over there. Then they announce Wrestle Kingdom 13. Oh, everybody knows January 14th and January 4th is going to be Tokyo Dome, but uh, they have not announced the date or the event officially until last night. But the graphic shows 2019, January 4th, Wrestle Kingdom 13, and people go, whoa, kind of like announcing WrestleMania for, for last, you know, next year in New York, you know? Well, I think it also gets people thinking about, hey, some of the outcomes of the matches you're going to see are going to lead to Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, of course, yeah. And there's going to be one more small palace in between, like in October. So people know the, know the calendar. Much like your SummerSlam to Survivor, Survivor Series, to, there's going to be Royal Rumble right before WrestleMania. So people counting and kind of, you know, talking a lot about it, you know. So they want you to talk about it like this. So uh, it looks like uh, Ishii is going to be challenging uh, Omega next. Yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, from judging from Kenny Omega's interview from two nights ago, he does not want to have match against his best friend and part tag team partner Ibushi unless this is a special occasion. And he said, "I don't want to fight my partner." And they're just giving, you know, just a real emotional speech. And uh, it has to be there. There has to be a reason that, that Omega has to fight Ibushi one more time. You know, there was a six-year part since last match. Uh, last time they had single match against each other six years ago, then two nights ago, and there shouldn't be another single match three months later. So uh, they may not do this for a while. Well, I said, maybe you can't hear. I said Ishi, not the not Ibushi. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, Ishi, uh, Ibushi. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, people talk about Ishii a lot, so you know. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. I think uh, no. You, that's a good thing to talk about as well, though, because they are kind of hinting toward it. So you're right there. So he might, yeah, because uh, uh, Ishii could be the. Uh, I don't want to say B show, but uh, you know, there's sometimes IWGP title match in Sapporo or Hiroshima or Okayama or not in Tokyo, but. Uh, Big city, but not Tokyo, you know, but there's going to be a title match. So uh, Ishii could be perfect title, you know, contender, challenger for the ti for title for like a Hiroshima show or Sapporo show, Osaka show, you know. People love Ishii because he is your favorite underdog. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Short, stocky guy, tough guy, you know, but... Uh, people deep down don't really believe he'll be champion. That's no. why you cheer for him. 
No, he's like a never weight guy. <laughs> he's not the world champion, but he's a good guy. You know what I'm saying? That's why you have more personal involvement. You know, you feel involved that the, you want him to win because he always have best ma- and one of the best matches. You know, every time you go go to the show, Ishii's match stands out. Oh my God, th- that little guy is good. You know what I'm saying? So uh, people love him because he's your favorite underdog. So let's talk about a couple of other things. Uh, the major, yes, the major stuff on the show. Uh, they yeah. had a they had the tag team match with Cody and uh, Hangman Page against Juice Robinson and David Finlay, and it looks like uh, Cody and Juice is going to happen. Right, U.S. title match, yes, yeah, and then and then it looks to me right, Cody could win this one, yeah. Yeah, he could. Yeah. I mean, it's it's I I can't see him as both the U.S. IWGP champion and the NWA world champion, though. That seems... Is he NWA world champion right now? Well, he's challenging for it at All In at the show on right, September 1st. Right, he will win, huh? One would think that you've got to end the show with him winning the NWA world title, one would think. It otherwise, looks that way, yes, sir. Otherwise, it's kind of a disappointment, I would think. So it's just, it right. seems odd that... I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the rules are, what what uh, William Corgan... Formulas are. Yeah, or, I mean, it's like, is he allowed to lose... If he was both champions, can he lose the U.S. title? Is that bad? I don't know what the NWA, what Billy Corgan does to, to protect his his title, but it just kind of seems odd to me. But who knows? I could be wrong. Right, right. So it's, a, it's like... A, I'm sure they're trying to deal with this themselves, that there's two companies and two person two, two decision makers involved and uh, it's a very difficult situation right yeah or they may end up ignoring it you know yeah they could do that <laughs> what about uh, what do you think about the tongans winning the uh the six men the six never man t- yeah you know i don't believe in six man tag team championship yeah i don't you know, either it's kind of cheap yeah i think you unless know? you're the only time it ever worked was the freebirds and the von Ericks, and that was it and it's there's right. really no point unless you have natural three people. Trio. Yeah, if you have a natural yeah. trio, then I guess it sort of works for for the Tongans for the for the firing squad because it kind of works for them. But it's like yeah, they the don't mid card ha- championship. Though. They don't have like though they're they're not fighting like another three person. I don't know. It just didn't. I don't know. There doesn't... aren't too many, and no. also triple. You know, six-man tag team championship with three belt tag team belts will never be your main event at the big show, you know? Right. Yeah, and the top but, guys will never challenge that six-man tag team championship. But they had to they had to give, you know, the Tongans and Ishimori something. So, I mean, this is... That's, I mean, they, yeah, yeah. they had to give them something. What was... I mean, they've been... Everyone has talked about how this could be the greatest tournament ever if you kind of discount all of the interference storyline that was going on with uh, with Tamatonga throughout the, and, and Tangaloa too throughout the uh, tournament. And but, the, in the, what's his name, a new president being involved in the angle and all that. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, it, there's two aspects to this story that, uh, see, we are, or they are, dealing with relatively new audience. I said, much like WWE Universe, New Japan World is made up with like a lot of new fans that they've never seen this kind of angle. You know, the interference 
and the breaking up the match and have like a false in like a DQ finish is pretty new to them. And they actually get angry. You know what I'm saying? See, if you watch wrestling for 10 years or even five years, you've seen it all, you know, bad guys, big, you know, big heel group to run in and destroy the match and then uh, uh, the double DQ or um, this very unpleasant finish to finish the match and all those things. It's been done. It's almost like overdone in wrestling in general. But uh, for New Japan world, these new event-going, movie-going type fans, it's kind of new to them. Oh God! There was such a good match. They interfered. They destroyed the match. Oh, I'm so mad at them. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a wrestling fan 101, huh? You know. So uh, this is very new. So it's kind of working, and half the people believe that is believing that that the angle where company president get angry and send these guys to the to the car and the, the kick them out of the building is such a simple angle if you watch that video long enough but uh, these newer fans in Japan kind of got involved in a different way that uh, god they get actually mad at you know Bad News Fale and Tamatanga, they're such a bad guy. You know, we were watching such a good match. They destroyed them. I hate them. This is wrestling 101, don't you think? I think that's a really good point where this isn't the same traditional audience that has been around and lived through the clean finishes of the late 90s, you know, Giant Baba's All Japan and Masawa and Noah. And they don't really know that. So yeah, this is but all. If you watch Antonio, yeah, but if you watched Antonio Inoki all through seventies and eighties, that's what he had done. Right. You know, oh, he gave the lamest finish and he got away with it. You know, and uh, so it was like a traditional, very American finish too. You know, that uh, like a, that, uh, that this byline that the saying appears invisible in your ring to be continued. You know what I'm saying? I won't give you a finish today, you know? Come back for another show, you know? That kind of thing. Old formula, though. But, uh, yeah, that was what they were doing. Inoki traditionally had more angles than you realize, you know? Yeah, he came up with a lot of, like, weird, you know, just just angles and angles and angles that people believed in. But on hindsight, if you look back, oh, he was such a simple wrestling angle that the people were talking about back then but when you look back it was such a you know traditional wrestling formula that, that they've done for decades in america you know uh when i was driving home i was listening, yeah. to, listening to wrestling observer listening to dave Meltzer and brian alvarez talk about the g1 okay. and talk about this match and Talking about Harold May, the new president. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave made a comment, and I kind of want to get your thoughts if you're on the same wavelength. Sure. Uh, yeah. He he made a comment along the lines of, you know, Harold May is very new at this, and like many sure. new presidents, uh, you know, maybe putting him on TV and making him sort of a character uh, yeah. can, can be a bad road to go down. Maybe it becomes, and he, I don't think he elaborated, but my interpretation was it can be sort of a vanity project. It can, you know, maybe he like this, maybe I don't know him, but maybe whomever would like being on TV and would try to try to work on the cameras. Do you have any, any thoughts? I, I don't know him personally either, 
but uh, if you remember a person like a Kip Fry, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like a very short-term WCW, you know, executive, you know, vice president and executive producer of the show, and also was lawyer. And the funny thing is, though, traditionally in wrestling, bookers and, and the dressing room wrestlers don't tell them anything. The Kip Fry or this May president will be the first one to be angled, you know, that uh, they're not telling him anything. You know what I'm saying? So he's the first one to believe in his own angle. How's that? Are Are you saying that uh, he wasn't told he ahead of time? Anything. He had no. He didn't. No. He He didn't know. He is kicking Fale out of the building for real. You know, because he was. You know, if these people get involved in the match and destroy um, what good match you know going in, going out that. Uh, you are president of the company. You have right to do so and kick these bad guys out of the building. And he might be doing this for real. You know what I'm saying? If he was told the entire storyline and everything, he would come off so lame and so fake. It's better not to tell him anything and have him do this for real. Then I, the storyline completed. So you know what I'm saying? Let me let me understand you. Are you saying that yeah. rather than Ghetto telling him, "Hey, uh, we're going to make this announcement," did he make the announcement on his own without checking in with anyone? Is is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. Okay. That uh, this is like more like a, um, uh, it's hard to explain. It's like <clears throat> the whole entire locker room and uh, and. Uh, the booking committee and Gado and the company is having a meeting for real as if it's all real you know what I'm saying so they had a meeting See, in the locker room about no one's going to no, run in it's not that no 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 okay if just me you have to you know, have your business meeting like real real meeting if these people get involved in a match we have to kick them out if you know wrestling Ah ha ha! It's angle, right? But if you are sitting in tables, if you fall, everybody, you gotta fall your friends first. So they haven't smartened him up. No, 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 not at all. I don't think so. That's that's ghetto's way. It's a very traditional and you know, like very traditional wrestling thing that uh, you don't smart up your old lady. Have you ever have have you heard that? Yes, yes, I have. Yeah, heard that. even Stu Hart was saying that. You know, you don't smart up your old lady, but they think they know. But they'll never come back and ask, "Was that the storyline or is it?" No, you still tell them, "No, it was all real." And then it means it's not. <laughs> it's hard, right? It's like it's like you don't tell your children Santa Claus ain't real. You know, and they all have to find out on its own. May they still believe in Santa Claus? Somewhat. You know what I'm saying? I got it's you. It's better to believe in, believe in that way. So it, it's it's really bad to smart somebody up completely. You know, and then you lose your like you stop not believing it. You know. So he's he's he, he's not completely smart to what's <clears throat> everything that's going on. Uh, not experienced enough in this business where you 
suspend your disbelief or some people can do this naturally you know or some people don't believe anything at all but still love wrestling there's two two kinds of people but uh, sometimes it's better not to smart this person up and it's your own you watch wrestling and follow wrestling in years to come and you come up with your own definition of what it is and we all did we still love it so there was something else I wanted to ask you about in the uh, <clears throat> the six man tag. Yeah. Excuse me. With uh, Tomohiro Ishii and Toriano and Switchblade against Omega, Takahashi, and Chase Owens. Um, how did the crowd react to uh, that woman, Peter, coming into the ring? Uh, yeah, and then do the hip, you know, like a butt dancing. Yeah. Uh, What's not the, good, right? But it's all, all it's okay for. They're like, ah, there's a comic, um, you know comic segment for 20 seconds you know then it was good that uh, it was kenny omega to escort her out of the ring okay we we had this enough please stay out of the ring i mean so the way they ended and mm-hmm. ended the whole thing was good that if it went any longer than longer than that then it would have been really bad you know and also this, you know, leg split, high spot, you know, the, the making a circle like a flower. Yeah, and, they do the you know, somebody. Yeah, I've that that spot has, that does that spot has not been done in years. When I was a kid, that was always yeah. a tag team spot. I, I don't know if I've ever seen it. Yeah, six man tag spot, team. But... It's like a lucha oh, ori- yeah. origin. You know? Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, you could. You don't want to do that more than twenty seconds of it. You know. No, it was funny from what I've seen on the clip of Omega's the last one doing it because they're obviously trying to imply something which was funny yeah. um but the omega was not who got up first and told her to get out of the ring you know like escorted out of you know, her out of the ring no but omega generously. was omega was like not interested in her at least that's what they were trying to imply uh was <sighs> for japanese audience omega was not interested in doing that right not a not a woman thing but uh, the whole comedy spot okay let's go back to the serious wrestling right. it was good to have you know, fun during the class, you know, even in uh, your philosophy class or your history, you know, like a world history class or your American government class, you know, you have funny moments for 10 seconds and then teacher will tell you, all right, all right, let's go back to the material. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand. Yeah. So that was the, the Ken, Kenny Omega did very well. You know, it was okay to have that for 20 seconds. A lot was longer than that, but, uh, you know, good to have, let's say 20 seconds of it, you know, and it was not the focal point of the entire match. Uh, one more thing I had to add, though. See, there were six-man tag team, eight-man tag team, six-man tag team, eight-man tag team. There were 44 guys working, or nine matches, but uh, every one of those six-man and eight-man tag team was kept like a seven minute. You know, no false finish, just one finish match, simple. And also very, very predictable which guy goes over on which guy <clears throat> you know what i'm saying predictive is okay though for the under under undercard because that would make the main event a lot more interesting and suspicious or like uh you don't know what's gonna happen or what's the outcome you cannot really guess it you know tag team six-man tag team situation um you know is best guys pinning the war like not the least important guy right every single match was like that and uh it was very very predictable so it was good to have all those undercard being predictable that 
made the main event single match that much more interesting, you know, because people didn't know who's going to win, you know. A lot of people thought Ibushi's, this was gonna, going to be Ibushi's night, you know, Cinderella boy that, uh, you know, he would be winning G1 Climax tournament for the first time and uh, he would be the man. Then you know, half the people say, no, 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 this is Tanahashi's night. He's making big comeback. All these things. Very interesting. People did not know or could not guess who, who was going to win. It's important in wrestling, don't you think? No, I agree. Um, yeah. Why don't we cover, is there anything else we should talk about, about uh, the <sighs> G1 Climax final? Oh, well, it was very good, you know, very, very good G1, you know. So, uh, although I'm sure we have not covered everything yet, you know. No. Um, yeah. so a couple of things since we've been we've been busy. Uh, what yeah. do you think about uh, New Japan and Ring of Honor selling out Madison Square Garden? Oh, historical, huh? Yeah, yeah amazing. Yeah, but also this may be a case where you have your uh, what do you call it? Uh, not a scalper, but the professional buying out all the ticket and this you know they are gonna they're gonna start reselling it it was like uh value you know values up yeah there's a lot of the uh secondary ticket market in the united states now it's, it's yeah it's yeah insanity. so that, that could be the evidence for that too you know yeah it could be because there's no way twenty two thousand ticket completely sold out at this point you know what eight eight months from now or something you know it's not natural you know so there's something going on. We shall we shall see. Uh, I guess there's talk that yeah. uh, with different contracts up, you know, maybe Kenny Omega, maybe Cody, maybe the Young Bucks, that um, perhaps all going WWE. They could. Uh, any any thoughts on that? It seems unlikely that Kenny Omega would, but Kenny Omega is highly unlikely. I yeah, he I would... will be the king of Japan. In, in years to come, king of Japan, though, I mean that uh, that area that the that the Funks or Stan Hansen and other people did not go, that he will stay in Japan and become somebody very unique. You know, he's a Canadian a Westerner, a foreign wrestler, international superstar, but his home home base will always be in Japan. You know. He will grow old. He will have more run, longer run. Oh, he already is the IWGP champion, but he will be probably will be the first case kind of guy that uh, what Kenny Omega will do next ten years will be the area that uh, the territory nobody has stepped into. You know what I'm saying? He may run a company in Japan. He may become a booker in Japan. You know, he might become a television celebrity in Japan speaking Japanese or crossover superstar celebrity type or the, the possibilities unlimited that uh, Kenny Omega uh, will be somebody really really unique you know what I'm saying yeah yeah so he's not I don't think he'll be leaving no, I think you're right, and it's going to be interesting to have this conversation in a few years yeah. and talk about. Yeah, and then listen where... to this, you know, tape, and we were all wrong or something. No, no, no not if we were all wrong. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, we still could be wrong, but I think, I think when you look at the circumstantial evidence, that I, he seems, he strikes me as a very creative person who likes to. 
who like you know who, who likes to use his ideas and so far he's found great success with that and yeah, that's and then, probably okay. not going to happen in WWE yeah think about this okay say said Kenny Omega signed with WWE alright where would he be as high up as AJ Styles or around the same rank with Finn Balor that's more likely right Right or yeah, so would he be even at the AJ Styles level? Would that would that make Omega happy? It's like to make Omega Kenny Omega special, he should be in Japan and conquer the area nobody has you know conquered. Right. Well, and even AJ yeah. Styles, yes, he's the WWE oh, special person. He's the he's Very the WWE special. champion, but it's yeah. really not a main event title. He doesn't end. Ugh. He doesn't end shows. He's the second main because event. He's the Brock se- Lesnar. Right. He's the second main event guy. Is what he is, and that's great. And that's probably as Just, high as yeah, he can go. Equally talented. Right. Very special person. Yes, but that's where but he's slotted. They don't place him yeah. right up there. Yeah. It's not his fault. He could be higher. No. Arguably, he should be higher. But that's where he is. And you're right. That's probably the best Omega could do. Probably. But uh, Omega can be the person who was always in Japan, yeah. and people from the state side will look Japan and say, that guy, he, Omega, is the guy who is always over there. Well, for me, here. You know and what I'm saying? If, if New Japan's expansion is successful, whatever that is, and however far it goes, you know, he you, will be the yeah. He will be the team leader. Right. You can sit there and say, yeah, he didn't go to WWE, but at the same time, what markets did you know a contemporary? Since we're using it, what markets did AJ Styles open up? The answer is yeah. he didn't. So mm. I think that in this day and age, when you talk about when we talk about legends and stuff on Pacific Rim, it's like you know today with the corporate environment he has the opportunity mm-hmm. to do something that very few people have to do and that's to prove that you're a draw and not the company mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. i think that 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 is where the the real stars are that that upper echelon and i think for him to be truly historical i think he needs to do that and you know grow new japan make it a force globally you know in the united states and other markets and if he can but new japan will always need somebody like roh though in you could not just draw with japanese crew see i think you need half um, see i disagree i'm gonna disagree with you really i you want to here's all japanese here's here's an unpopular opinion Uh, who who in roh who's exclusively roh is a big star I'm not talking about the star power, Nobody. but I'm talking about Saint Clair. You need the you need the corporate backing. Yeah. No, it's New Japan. Yeah, that's, that's, Madison Square Garden couldn't happen. New, you're that's true. That's exactly true. But for for bodies for the ticket, New Japan has the talent that's that's putting asses in seats. You will need American crew in there, though. You will have your Kenny Omega. You will have your Cody Rose. You know, and right. such. No, no, those guys. I'm not saying that all all people born in Japan talent. I'm saying everybody on the New Japan roster, which includes Cody Rhodes right. and Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks and other Ofale other or Westerners. Right, or exactly. Half Westerners. Yeah, yeah. Because you know why? Because American 
audience is very conservative, very conservative on like a foreign movies. You know what I'm saying? American people don't don't watch movie with subtitles. Remember? Yeah, that's one true. or two movies a year. Yeah. One movie, Kurosawa movie a year or something. But uh, you could not do regular shows in America with foreign talent. Right. No, you, know you will saying? have to. You will have to um, localize the product. I'm yeah. Not, I'm not saying that, but an English-speaking crew. <clears throat> well, not everyone has to cut promos. Just like in WWE, yeah, but not, not, not every, foreign not, faces. Not everybody. Not yeah. I. I feel like it will be hard to is, have forty Japanese wrestlers in in the roster just to go there and do this. But you don't have forty Japanese wrestlers. If you have Kenny Omega and you have Cody and you have the Young Bucks or whomever, I don't even know you need the Young Bucks that much. But um, <laughs> if you have if you have you know that front of superstars, and then everyone else knows you know Tanahashi is awesome, Omega is awesome, Sonata is awesome, but. Um, you know, I, I think can I think you, you do. really do you really believe they can have all year round, you know, not just one Madison Square Garden show, but if you are going to be in American market all year round, have more shows, think, you always have to westernize the show. Well, I think because their home base is Japan, it's not like they're going to be on tour like WWE and touring all over the country now i think you've got to be strategic in that but i mean that's that's just the marketplace that's that's nothing on them right right, right. well you need half american there though you do no you absolutely need and i think you have them is what i'm saying and you know with you got you've got juice robinson you have to make them special too let's let's not forget juice robinson and switchblade oh yeah he's yeah he's very talented you know juice guys like uh jay white yeah you know become more mature and yeah no, I think I think you have enough Western faces, enough English speakers. And the, the ones it. who's never been in WWE ring or WWE TV. Yeah. Right. Uh, that is necessary, you know, because it needs to be not second-rate WWE. It's all these new superstars people have not seen. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, it would be interesting. Um, should we let me you want to do a couple of questions before we go? Should we do some questions? Sure, sure, okay. sure. We'll have a longer show. It's fine. It's been a while. We should do that. <laughs> and uh, also, also, uh, we'll I, do the show next week, too. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, I want to mention yeah. the t shirts. So I'm dumb at yeah. this, Fumi. I'm really dumb. Um, <laughs> well, I, just thought, I just thought everyone had iTunes and everyone could log on to iTunes, but a lot of people apparently uh, don't. So let's do okay. this. Okay, if you if you logged on to iTunes and you gave us a great review, a five-star review, some great comments, great, still do that. You could even Thank screenshot you. it and send it to us if you want to let us know, and we'll, we'll put you in drawing for T-shirts. Or just if you want to, bring it to our attention and retweet the show. Retweet this link. Uh, and let people know about the show, and I'll put you in the drawing for for the shirts that we have. So we'll do it that way too. So I apologize. We'll the go, listeners out there, and yeah, your we'll, listeners we'll, out there. We'll go like a couple of weeks, and we'll we'll do it three four weeks. We'll yeah, and that. also so I get tweet in the direct message last week or so that they do want to know more about Japanese wrestling history. This is the place, so, uh, yeah. the guy, and we may have. Yeah, yeah. We we don't want to we 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 don't want to spoil anything, but we may have some good news coming up. So. Fingers crossed. Okay. Fingers crossed. Let's ask some. Ah, good news. Good let's news. Do, let's do some. Uh, let's do some questions. Like we can do it at uh, Twitter on hashtag AskFumi. 
uh, hashtag Ask yeah. Fumi. Yeah, just tag us and then hashtag Ask Fumi because that way I can sort them and find them because I'm a very disorganized person. I need the... Yeah, and then also I have a special guest coming soon. I know. That's going to be exciting too. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. Well, well, I think there's some cool things happening in the show. I feel like we're kind of breaking through finally. So that's all awesome. right. No, it makes me happy because I, I think, yeah. as you know, you hit me to say this, but I think the world of you and I'm glad more people are discovering you. So that's awesome. All right. Okay. Let's do the first question I'm from, from uh, Chris yeah. Erickson, Two Sheds Erickson. He says, when Tenru left All Japan to form SWS, did he attempt yeah. to, get any, to get any of the American wrestlers to jump ship? Uh, he... Which he did, like John Tenta and uh, a few, but uh, he was more, Tenru was more into f formation, his own company. And yes, getting American talent was part of it, but not main goal. Start running his own company with his crew, you know, the bunch of guys from New Japan, but you guys from old Japan and some of the freelancers, you know, like Kendo Narasaki and other people, that would make up a good Japanese crew. And uh, he, he probably he was probably happy to have five to ten American guys. And also, the great Kabuki it was involved, and uh, he, did, you know, he uh, and Akio Sato probably that uh, got you know that the negotiation and signed the deal with WWE WWF at the time so more Americans were promised to come in you know coming in so he did not really steal American talent from old Japan or new Japan certainly so, didn't try to steal Stan Hansel or anybody like that what about when uh, Vince worked with with them with SWS was there was Inoki ever mad at Vince for doing that uh, I kind of don't think so because by then um, New Japan and WWE uh, and business tie was uh, over you know at the end of 80, 1985 I believe there was no relationship between New Japan and, and the, the WWE no and WWE was getting really really expensive too you know just to have a relationship you know that the uh, company had to pay WWE annual sum of money, you know, like, uh, I don't know the exact amount, but uh, to have the business relationship, you have to have annual certain fee, you know, and then uh, that's when New Japan started bringing their own American people, you know, they created Vader, they created Scott Norton, Tony Holm, a little bit later on, Don Fry, you know, all these American guys, or the Tony Home was finished, I'm sorry, but the foreign international talent right. to work in New Japan ring, they created created their own stars, you know? So that was a little bit different, yeah. Okay, here's a, here's a couple of people they want us to talk about. Uh, IQ39 yeah. on Twitter wants us to talk about uh, Michiaki IQ39? <laughs> huh? Okay. Uh, Michiaki Yoshimura. Oh, we talked about him, no? That he did was a bi-player. Did we talk about him? Yeah, okay. last episode. Yeah. Okay, yeah. then uh, the other last one. The, I'm sorry, I got the other one. Then uh, Hisha, uh, Hishasi Shinma. Oh, yeah. He has not been around since um, 1983 coup d'etat in New Japan. And he hasn't been. He's been around, but he hasn't been around. He hasn't been involved in wrestling company over 30 years. He still follows wrestling. He's now, what, 85 years old or something? 
but uh, no, he's not involved in any companies. But he does run Sayama, Satoru Sayama's thing a little bit. You know, he's an he's an advisor with original Tiger Mask Satoru Sayama show. So I guess he's involved. You know, but uh, more of a 1980 era kind of element. Yeah, he's he's around, but not as involved. Hisashishima, yes. Got a question. He was Inoki's manager from in Inoki's uh, heyday. From uh, Danny Tundra. Uh, I want yeah. to know after uh, the the wrestling summit, the Tokyo Dome, did Hogan ever try to bring Stan Hansen to the WWF? Uh, probably not. Probably not because not just the relationship between Hogan and Stan Hansen, but the, actually Stan Hansen was the very first group of people back in um, end of '83 into 1984. Stan Hansen was listed as the first group of guys going national, like Paul Orndorff, Bob Orton, Roddy Piper, you know, Big John Studd, all those people, you know, the very first 1984, you know, the, the national crew. Stan Hansen was listed on that, you know, but the Hansen choose, uh, he chose Old Japan as his home base. He did that. He told me that one time. I was going to w, you know, going WWE, and I was the first group of guys going national and all this. But I, he chose all Japan over it. So Vince reached out to him in '84, and he said no. Right, uh, like end of '83, I believe. Yeah, '83, '84, whenever that was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I That's always very thought... first. I, I would say 1984 era. We call it. Yeah, when uh, when No Holds Barred, that terrible movie that Hulk Hogan made, came out in '84. Oh, he had the part. Yes. I mean, he stole the movie. He's the best thing in the movie. <laughs> he literally. I mean, Chew, chewing, chewing tobacco, you know, and yeah, spitting the, so the, gross. Yes. And the teeny weeny and all that. No, he is. He was great. I mean. Yeah, he yeah. Could've, he could have. You know, personally, Stan Hansen and Hulk Hogan still friends to this day. Yeah, I, I always thought that maybe he would come in around that time, around No Holds Barred, because, you know, why would Vince work with someone who he didn't have under contract? That was always kind of my impression. But, man, I'll tell you what, he was so good in that movie. I, I mean, he could have been like a Terry Funk in the sense that he could do those character roles if he would have wanted to. Right, right, if he wanted to. Now, I asked him, you know, if he ever wanted to be an actor. He said, I don't have it, Is like he says. He I I thought he could, but uh, Stan Hansen himself did not believe he has this in you know this actor thing in him. He does. That was he was the he I, was I, by far the best. He, he was... himself didn't. He himself didn't think that he he can be an actor. He's no Roddy Piper. I mean, in honesty, in all honesty, what they probably should have done in hindsight is made Stan Hansen the bad guy in No Holds Barred because he was the best thing on screen. Build that up and then you bring... Instead of Zeus? Yes. And then you bring Hanson ah. in to wrestle because then you could have good matches. I think it's a... I don't know. But... Probably Baba point. wouldn't like it though. No, he would I mean, not. He wouldn't have liked it. No, he wouldn't have. <clears throat> right. He, he so would have had to cut hindsight, it. hindsight thing. It just didn't happen. It's fantasy know? booking. No, he had a better gig in all Japan with Baba. Baba probably paid him better. Longevity. Before. Yeah, longevity. Oh, then, uh, schedule. Longevity. And a lot of money. Yes, uh, lots <laughs> you know? of money. And the, like I said, the the schedule as far as he probably yeah you know, he had just more time goes off. back and forth. And he um he had eight trips to Japan a year. Goes back and forth eight trips a year for twenty five year period. 
that was his full time job in Japan. And uh, yeah, and he, re- you know, he decided to retire at year 2001 or whatever. And that was the time he would retire. He never came back, unlike other wrestlers. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Stan was very special in that. You know that he, when he retired, he's retired. He's not coming back. You know, and Stan Hansen image remains. That guy was very, very special superstar in Japan. Well, I mean, to this day, you have people like Joe Doring and stuff emulating him. You have to, yeah, yeah, right. But if you emulate somebody, you will never be as good as that original guy. You know. But there always I mean, seems to be somebody imitating. Always in Japan, there's always. It seems like a new person, like every few years, is imitating Brody or imitating Stan Hansen or imitating Tiger Jeet Singh or one of those classic cowboy hat and yes. lariat and yeah, yeah, of course. There's always yeah. somebody. Yeah, uh, but they will never be as good as original. No, know? no. I think I yeah. think for I mean I you know we like we talked about earlier in the show. Uh, the history still needs to be told about Kenny Omega, but you know yeah. I think for right now he's special. And, yeah, he's very special, but I mean for right now you have to say probably Stan Hansen, the greatest guy Jin in the history of uh, wrestling. Uh well, if you lived in you know, in sixties and seventies, <clears throat> you know, well for more seventies, uh, people remember Abdul the Butcher as very, sometimes somebody very very special. Yeah, and there's Dick Byer too, I guess. That's... Right, if you lived in sixties, Dick <laughs> Byer was it. And he was a mask man, you know. <laughs> he was wearing a mask, you know. But uh, Destroyer was so famous, so famous. Yeah, you know? and he's still alive, still in Buffalo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A friend of yeah, mine. I mean, he comes back to Japan, every, you know, like every other year or so. Yeah, uh, every other couple of years. Hopefully, you'll make it back yeah. to, to Cauliflower Alley again. Love Dick. Yeah. Park. So the, every era, we had the very, you know, very special international superstar in Japan. A lot like you know, baseball players, you know. MLB you know, caliber superstar player come to Japan and play for Japanese team or something. So we got another question here. Wants you to talk about yes, uh, the making of the Carl Gotch documentary, Kamisama. Uh, yeah, Kamisama. Kamisama means God. Yeah. And Carl Gotch is the I God was a big fan. I was a big, huge fan of Carl Gotch. Uh, third, when I was third grade, I believe it was... Carl Gotch against Billy Robinson, I watched it on TV. He was like 46, 47 at the time, but it was so good. I became big Carl Gotch fan. And fifth grade, I went to watch Inoki against Gotch. Sixth grade, I went to watch Inoki Sakaguchi against Carl Gotch and Luther's tag team match. And 85, I believe, 1985, I was finally able to meet Korogachi in person for the original UWF, you know? And uh, I try, I had tried to spend, you know, spend as much time with Korogachi. Uh, I went to UWF dojo to just sit with him all afternoon. I took him to sumo show. I went to the place where he was staying and uh, all those things, and I um, I asked asked him if I could visit him in Tampa, Florida. He said, "Well, come on over. Just don't show up ninja style. You have to call me first. <laughs> yeah, because some of the Japanese wrestlers or, or the train train trainee wannabe, he just show up at the Korogachi's home door. You know, he, a lot of Japanese guys did that. No appointment. He just ring the bell. It's like, may I meet? 
Mr. Carl Gatch. So Carl Gatch was saying, don't show up ninja style. You have to call me first ahead of time. But uh, I was able to meet and, uh, you know, I was able to um, go visit him, you know, a number of times. So I started visiting him every other year or something. And uh, uh, one year I asked him that, uh, can I videotape you at home and your workout and do this and that and make a little documentary? And he said, come right over. And he was all right about it, you know. So nothing magic about it, you know. I don't think I was special. He was very friendly. That's why. How uh, how long did it take? Uh, I was there for ten days. <laughs> yeah, and I showed up every morning. And we're gonna film this today. We're gonna film this part. We're gonna film this today. And, and he was really you know willing to help, you know. And then that uh, he gets up five o'clock in the morning when sun goes up, and he goes to bed you know like eight o'clock at night. You know, when he's tired and he got so mad when I showed up like eight thirty, nine o'clock. Why do you come over here so late? Like, I'm sorry, you know. <laughs> so she never changes. Just, just, you're, you know, sometimes you like your grandpa grumpy, right? Who doesn't? Right. So he was like, the, the, he never changes. You expect Korogachi to be like Korogachi read about, right? And he was that. You know, I was never disappointed. And also, he was so um, dignified and um, honest, open. That You know, sometimes over the years, you ask same question and story may change, huh? You know what I'm saying? According to, um, like, where you are or how you feel today or, you know, sometimes details of the story would change over the years. None of the story he told me ever changed. He always told me the same story. Great memories too, you know. But the, but the, not just that. But the, he's so honest and open that his story don't change. His stories always stay the same. You can respect him all, you know, all that much more because of it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, and he has great memory too. It's like he never lost it. So uh, he told me about the experiences of Florida wrestling, even people like Eddie Graham or uh, people from Ohio, Al, you know, Al Haft, or mm-hmm. his best friend, you know, Larry Boris Malenko, his best friend, his sons, Jody and Dean, all these friends, and uh, or even about Inoki, you know, or WWF experience. See, p- today's people probably don't know that Carl Gotch was WWF Tag Team Champions one time, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is a, today's fan probably don't know about this, but the Carl Gotch and Rene, you know, Rene Goulet was Tag Team Champions. Inoki came over and asked him to help because at the time, right when Carl Gotch had WWF Tag Team title, Inoki, that, that was when Inoki was starting New Japan, you know, company um 1972 that uh inoki asked him to you know help you know his new company and he decided to walk away from uh wwe you know and then uh, the rest is a history it was very that's exactly what happened you know he walked away from wwe you know that the run and then you know start coming to japan again and he told me that uh, this Tampa, actually Odessa, uh, this home, the Florida home, I was able to buy this house because of New Japan money. 
you know, so he was honest about it, you know? But I mean, he's the god of wrestling there. I mean, they brought his they brought his remains over to be buried in Japan. Yeah, yes. years, yeah, years he after has he a died. grave here. Yeah, years, years after yeah. he died. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, of course, decade after he he died. And Jody and Jody Simon, Jody Malenko brought his ash over, and we did the um, the, the the whole formal ceremony, you know, to like a memorial again and then. His grave is—he's not a Buddhist, but is uh, in the Buddhist you know, temple uh, right now. But every 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 weekend, somebody shows up and put a bottle of wine on his grave, you know, stone. It's still today, and this week is—it's called Obon Obon Vacation. You know, the third week in August is our like uh, Memorial Weekend, you know, and now this is this is a weekend that a lot of people, you know, visit your ancestors. Or, you know, you you go to Memorial Park or you know graveyard, or that the people shows up at the uh, Karagat's grave and put a bottle of red wine next to it. <laughs> and now you have dozens of bottles there standing there right now, though. You know, funny, huh? What uh, what do you want people to put on your grave when you're gone? I don't know. I don't want no grave. <laughs> I want. I want to go for burn, like Brody said. You know, um, yeah, cremate it and put it in the Pacific Ocean, Pacific Grims. Okay, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Good enough. It works for me. Yeah, I can't think of anything. I would. I probably will do something like that too. I don't. Want oh, is that it? Yeah. I yeah. don't. I don't need that. I actually. And also, like, uh, if you want to be friends with somebody, you know, and then be friends with this person while he's around, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we're Not friends, and I'm glad we're doing yes. this show. We're getting all this good stuff. Oh, yeah. So and then, awesome. uh, though, this, uh, I enjoy this, and also I want people to, you know, come and listen to it, and then we, this program should be more interactive, and I hope we get more questions and people uh, be interested in Japanese wrestling, you know? Yeah, and, and if you're we have, yeah. if you're just discovering the show, go back in the archives. Uh, there's some there's some, there's, <laughs> there's a lot of shows back there that are strictly historical, talking about Hulk Hogan in Japan, and we talk about the history, obviously of of Inoki and Baba, and we talk about uh, Ricky women's Dozen, wrestling obviously. in Japan, women's wrestling in Japan, and then yeah. virtually every episode is like half is like what was going on in, in that week. And then the last half is history. So there's really a lot of evergreen stuff you can go back and listen and learn. And and I one thing I really like about the show and one of the, the a lot of the the best feedback to me that I've gotten is yeah. from new fans, some casual fans who are able to follow along, and then also your hardcore fans like Roy Lucier. He loves the show, so uh, I, know, I know if Roy if, it's, <laughs> if Roy could enjoy the show, then it's a show that's for for everybody, and I love that. Most people can. Oh, that's yeah, good. That's, that's good. the best. Part. And also, if we talk about like a NWA National Wrestling, Wrestling Alliance in Japan, you will know what NWA was in America too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, and then when you talk about WWE and WWF, there was such a long involvement in Japanese wrestling too. So by going through Japanese history, uh, WWE involvement, you well know the origin of WWF in America too. Yeah. So there's a lot of good stuff, and I'm sure we'll have some more things in the future. So be sure to like and share it, and let us know when we. <laughs> and we... I'm hoping that we'll have a lot of people like us. I've been watching wrestling since I was three years old, and I discovered wrestling before I was able to find and discover Superman and Batman. So it's too late. 
it was so funny. Okay, I got to tell you this story. So I just did my class reunion, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, I like talking wrestling, but I don't know. For me personally, if you are a wrestling fan and we start talking wrestling, that's fine. In high school? I'm great yeah. with that. I'm great. With, what I don't yeah. like is people who don't know wrestling or kind of look down on it to try to talk you to me about into it. Them. Yeah, I hate yeah. that. I hate that. So um, <laughs> I've been dealing with people like that forever. Yeah, I know. And it's, <laughs> it's our lot in life is watching wrestling. It's what it is. But so I'm at my reunion and like one of the one of the popular girls who was like one of the really pretty girls at school and she was cool Ooh. and everything i didn't sound like i didn't like her but she was really pretty and really popular and she comes up she goes i just love your posts about wrestling and i love your podcasts and she goes yeah ah. she goes she goes i used to watch wrestling when i when we were in school and i was like you are kids one of those closet wrestling fans one of those ones who was you like don't talk about it right, right? <laughs> i mean and there was a lot of them i mean i was one yeah, because you know, in the back in the '80s, you know, there were a lot of wrestling, like in Saturday morning. Yeah, like right after cartoon or something, right? Right, and also, you know, Saturday, Saturday night, afternoon. Portland wrestling. Yeah, I yeah. mean, dude, Portland wrestling was huge. Yeah, so it's like people don't didn't necessarily talk about it, but a lot of people did watch it. Right, and it's kind of like you don't talk about say like old soap opera like all my children or some General Hospital or something. You really watched it, but you never talked about it. No, it was so. No, it was so funny though. I was like, "Oh my gosh, the the pretty girl in school That's watched good, wrestling. Who knew?" You come up, coming up. If, if I would have known, I would have totally married her. I, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, Thirty years later. I'm just kidding. I'm just. Yeah. Kidding. Um, all right. All right. Where can we'll people... do the show in, in another five days or so? Yeah. Where can uh, okay. people? Where can people Please find you? Please find me on Twitter, Fumihiko Dayo, F-U-M-I-H-I-K-O-D-A-Y-O. Fumihiko Dayo or Fumi Saito. Or you can call, uh, find me Fumi Saito on Facebook. I'm Jim Valley on Twitter and on Facebook. And if you have any more questions, do the hashtag AskFumi. And we'll do a show here probably, uh, yeah, maybe five days or so. We'll see you at all. Right. And we have good news, big news coming, and also big guests coming soon. Yeah, this is going to be cool. There's there's a lot of a lot of cool people that listen to this show, and I love that. So that's, that's awesome. All right. Uh, until next time. So long from Tokyo. <laughs>